It's a podcast. Okay, go. I'm Carmen. And I'm Joanna. And welcome to... Welcome to what? Live, Laugh, Murder. Live, Laugh, Murder. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Today is going to be part two of our H.H. Holmes mini-series. Do I dare call it that? Wasn't that the third? It is. Yeah, it's really part three. Episode 17, Murder at the Fair, is technically the intro. So if you're starting here, go back, check that one out. Then go back to number 18, part one, and then come back here. Okay. But if you're here, you're here. Right? Yeah. Typically on our show, we tell stories that might be true crime. Or the plot of a horror film, mm-hmm. and the other has to kind of figure it out before the end of the show. But all is revealed. That's not today, though. Today is True Crime Edition, H.H. Holmes, America's First Serial Killer, Part Du. Part Du. <laughs> is that French? <laughs> part Dos. I don't know. Okay, Joanna, before we're Florida Man, which I'm glad you're bringing back today, I have presents for you. Oh, this is like the real thing. I thought we were just kind of bantering back and forth. No, and I have a lot of stuff I want to kind of like go over. We, we need to do a little a little catch up. Okay. Hold on. Let me get my notes out because I have... Oh, okay. Note number one. Remember how I was telling you to buy the house across, like around the corner from mm-hmm. me? It's sold. Oh, son of a... And they have really cute Halloween decorations and I get really pissed every time I go by that house. Okay. You want me to egg it? Yeah. I've egged a house and a car before. Not my, not my and finest... And a car. Not my finest moments, but wow. don't you dare date my boyfriend when we are considered best friends. <laughs> so... Wow. Well. Sorry. No, that's good. I TP'd houses before. I egged houses before. This is in high school. It's so mean. If someone egged my house, I'd be so pissed. Oh, I'd be so pissed. I'd be so pissed. Or my car, because that, like, sticks to it. But as high school kids, you're just, you're living in the moment, and you just don't think of, like, the consequences. I know. Sorry. Sorry. So sorry. Um, Wait, what was I going to say? There was another thing I was going to tell you. Oh. Okay. Note number two. Note number two. <laughs> Dose. I had a dream about you last night because mm. you know we always. I'm always telling Joanna to sit closer to the microphone. Literally, my dream it was like a Freddy Krueger like nightmare. I kept telling you to get closer to the microphone, and you kept leaning farther back in your chair. I'm like, they're not going to be able to hear you, Joanna, and you just kept like giving me this evil look, leaning back in your chair, going farther and farther away. A weird dream. This is a weird dream. You get close. I put I by am. you on purpose. I, oh, you I really am are. literally like uh, six inches. It's my inches. dream. Okay. Note number three. <laughs> Note number three. I have presents for you. I hear I like a cat toy. It's not a cat toy. Okay. Yes. Yes. Not recording. We, we are, are, but it's fine. I'll cut it out because okay. you know I love editing for seventeen hours. <laughs> They're in there in the, in the closet. In the closet. Why did you put them in the closet? <laughs> Go check on our daughter, please. He hates me. Good lord. All right, we're gonna here. Okay. One. Spilling is not a crime. Mm-hmm. This is also Jake. Then maybe it's not Shh. in the closet. Maybe it's in the bag. Okay, that one. Oh, you were <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry. Go check on our baby. Bye, okay, give him back. Okay, no. Okay. Here's your next present. People putting a true crime podcast. Oh, I like yes. that one. That's like Beauty and the Beast, but like. Yes, they sent us that from, uh, they live in Texas. Okay. Okay, I better not stop saying locations because I don't have everyone memorized. Here's another one for you. True Crime B&B. Yep, they sent us our, or their stickers too. Here's this one too. (gasps) Murder Mystery Mayhem. Oh, you like the sticker. I like that. I like that with the The thumbprint. A sticker from them, from M Cubed. And then here's our sticker. I already have that one somewhere. Oh, I already gave it to you. Um, Here's another one. Oh my gosh. Dark Tales from the Road. Yes. And then these are like extras from the same <gasps> podcast. But then look, we also got what you hear jingling. Yes. What's the cat toy? It's not a cat toy. It's a button. <gasps> Murder, Mystery, Mayhem, M-Cube. They sent us that My eyes are so old. I know, and it's a little old. dark in here. I know. And then look at all the, look at the notes. Stop. Yeah. So all these, these other podcasts, and you can just read those. Stop. I'm, you're not keeping these. I'm taking these home. The podcast community is amazing. So. Oh, I like the wine and the knife. 
the drawings on the cards. So Joanna's looking at all the cards that we've gotten. I haven't had a chance to show her Stop. stuff that people have sent Thank us. You for your generosity. Oh, it's unreal. Mm. It's just really nice. Look, you got two more. This one. Oh, gosh. You think my, my old her lady eyes. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna's eyes are so bad that she doesn't even qualify for LASIK. <laughs> yeah. My, okay, real talk. Uh -huh. Negative 7.5 in my left eye, or mm -hmm. right eye, and eight, negative <clears throat> 8 in my other eye. I don't even know what that means. It's so bad. And then here's one more. Um, and that's the last one I have for you. So we've got so other cards and it, stickers yeah. and goodies. Aww. And it's just very nice. We so. need to have like a collage. I know. Well, I just got a desk. You know, I just moved. And uh, well, I don't know if everyone knows it. I'm keeping these because oh, I'm and the keeper of the... that one there. I'm the keeper of the cards. Um, no, I just... We just, I just moved over this summer, so now I'm like, things are getting organized and arranged. Well, they've been organized because yeah, it's that's me, who you are. but I finally got a desk, and I don't have the space in the house for a podcasting room, but I wish I did. We will. We'll make Brett build you one. Brett is going to build me um, a she shed. <laughs> I hate like, that. Like, did you see? Um, I hate that. <laughs> I'm such a dork because I love, like, reality TV, and I've just, you know, you grew up with Jersey Shore, and I watched the mm -hmm. one the newest not not the newest one but where Snooki and dina have like a talk show and they get so hammered yeah i mean how is that different from what we do but they well we don't they i think that i was watching an episode and they said they had like over 10 bottles of wine wine what drank in one like not sitting but like from the beginning to the end like 10 wow. bottles in one day in a day i have I can barely drink one. No, if I drink one I'm bottle out. by myself, yeah, I am useless to the yeah. world. Couldn't imagine putting Jeez. up a show. Okay, let's go. Well, they've been working on this for a long time. All right, so we are bringing back. Oh, and I know my voice is a little, a little, a little deep today. Mm. I don't know what's going on with me. Maybe I'm going through puberty, but it'll be okay. <laughs> you sound. Well, you don't sound like me when I was sick for those. Maybe I caught episodes. your laryngitis from two months ago. Yeah, all right, it's time for our Florida Man segment because there has been some bullshittery happening. What well, do I got? do have some um, bad news. What? I have to um, issue a warning. This is Amy's first warning, our intern Amy. Oh. She's she, been slacking. She helped me out today, though, because I missed a, something I needed to record, and I zipped over to her house, and our You're intern is on You're not helping my cause. Okay, okay, okay. She has a demerit. This is your first, yeah, your first demerit, Amy, <laughs> intern Amy. You have what? not sent me a Florida Man story. In how long? She hasn't sent me one for this week. Listen, Joanna, you have one job, okay? Listen. You are off whatevering your work to Amy. I outsourced it. Outsourcing. But you have one job. So I had to dig deep, and our good friend Becky. Becky. Sent the me good hair. one. Yes. All right. So, Becky, thank you for covering <laughs> for our intern. She All right, owes I mean, you an apology. We might have an open position here soon. <laughs> <laughs> this is more of like a... A feel-good Florida man story. I like that. <clears throat> okay. This happened not too long ago. Okay. You may have heard of it. So, Florida man William Branch, who's 43, attempted to carjack a woman with her baby at a Fort Walton Chick-fil-A. What? You didn't hear about this? There's a video of it. Oh, my friend is from Fort Walton. The victim was... It's like a nice town. Oh. It's really far. It's in the panhandle. It's far from us. That makes me sad. What? Chick-fil-A, too? Yes. That's the, like the nicest... Okay, just go. Yeah, you're interrupting. I am. I'm sorry. The victim was taking her infant out of her car when Branch approached her wielding a sharpened stick and demanded the keys. Could you imagine somebody approached you with your children? No. No. I would... I don't know what I would do. Fight or flight. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I would flight and hit them with my car well no she was getting out of the car oh my god branch then snatched the keys hanging from the victim's wrist and started to get into the car the victim started screaming for help and a chick-fil-a employee i hope i say his name right michael gordon i say i'm hoping i'm saying it right because it's not spelled i'm like michael gordon yeah. that's the easiest name you having trouble but it it's is not, spelled differently yes. okay, okay and went into action michael confronted branch and was promptly punched in the face <sighs> Michael wasn't deterred by the blow and put Branch into a headlock and wrestled him to good the ground. For Michael, you yes. did a good for you. Holding him down until the deputies arrived. Wow. Could you imagine? I mean, this man is 43 years old. And Which this kid, one? Michael? No, William. The, the one that. The assailant? Attempted, 
Yes. And you know the Chick-fil-A workers are probably 18, 19. Oh, my gosh. And then there's a video of a woman screaming at, while she's holding her infant yeah. child. That woman had a child. That woman had a child. And, like, he's just sitting there. Could like, you imagine? And I got, like, goosebumps. I wonder what the woman did. Did she get her baby out and just, like, run over to the Chick-fil-A? Like It doesn't I say. Should... It's a very short story. You know, I think I did. Oh, wait. There's more. Is there an update? Wait. No, there's more. The incident was the second time that day that Gordon had to deal with Branch. Earlier, Branch attempted to rob someone on the opposite side of the restaurant. What? And he was chased away by Gordon and an unidentified customer. Gordon has a habit of doing the right thing. Oh. Good job, parents. But yeah, right? In September of 2018, while taking orders outside the Fort Walton Branch Beach, sorry. Yeah, Chick-fil-A, Fort Walton Beach. Yeah. Gordon was among the first to respond when a crane fell into a car. A crane. And he was, like, right on it. Yeah. Michael Gordon. Yeah. Like, Michael Jordan. Yeah. But not. A teenager and her friend were inside. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look at this kid. This I mean, kid. I'm assuming he's a kid. What if he's, like, 50? No. There's no way. Uh, well, well, there Michael, is. Oh, wait. No, there's a picture of him. Oh, he, oh, he's young. Definitely 18, 19. Yeah, he's young. Good, Good for, for you. you. <laughs> Get out of my head. That's awesome. What's the title? Oh. The headline, gosh, I mean. Sorry. Uh, Florida man attempts carjacking at Chick-fil-A gets laid out. Gets laid out. <laughs> you know that um, reporter was like, damn, he laid his ass out and I got to write about it. Well, thank you. I actually, the mom was okay. Mom was good. Baby's good. Man is obviously arrested. And Michael, you need to get a bonus from Chick-fil-A. You need to raise. Yeah. Make him a assistant manager. I mean, this is the second time. That he, yeah, he's that he saved the day. Like good for you. Well, if you know Michael, let us know. So, well, I guess we'll just, how do we like slide from that into a serial killer? You just, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you just fucking go. So, okay. So we're going to go back to Dr. Holmes. Oh my gosh. To give a brief rundown of part one about H.H. Holmes, I think I can sum it up this way. He was a man in the late 1800s living in Chicago. H.H. was a scammer and made a fortune this way. He pulled insurance fraud. He would buy things on credit using aliases and never pay. He had many fiancés and wives that never knew he was already married time and time again. He also was a medical doctor who perfected the art of dissection. H.H. used his fortune to build a mansion that has been renamed throughout history as what, Joanna? The murder castle. Castle. I was going to say motel, but that's not right. The murder motel (laughs) would be great. Um, (laughs) Don't steal our idea. That's going to be our business. (laughs) This building had hallways that led to nowhere. A chute on one floor intended for bodies to be dumped, leading to the basement. I can't say that enough. It's yeah. just oh. I was I saw your little floor plan and like it was so oh, weird yeah. that the hallways would like just turn. Mhm. Like it's so weird. Those are artists rendering of what they imagine it would have been like, right? Yeah. Cuz it's not standing any anymore. He had gas lines into rooms that were hidden, doors that led nowhere, an airtight vault, and that's not even that's not yeah. even everything. HH was a serial killer. He has killed men, women, and children. What? You didn't mention that. I did in the last episode. Oh, oh, the one little girl, Pearl. That, yeah, Pearl, Pearl that we yes. know of. Yep. I was like, wait a second. Yep, and he did so in horrific ways. Yeah. How did he get away with it for so long? He was noted as being very charming. He had stunning blue eyes and was a ladies' man and an overall psychopath. Um, so I feel like that catches us up on HH Holmes. When I left you last... The creditors were starting to close in on him. Not only that, but his partner in crime, not in murder, but scamming, was requesting more money from him as well. So he came up with a plan involving his friend, Benjamin Petizel, an alcoholic husband and father of five who knew far too many of Holmes's secrets. Now, I mentioned the alcohol part because it was it's noted a lot when you look this up because he basically like his life was falling apart and Mm -hmm. he couldn't keep it together and he from what i researched was wanting more money from holmes to help get things back on track or to supply his addiction i don't know so that's where we are now okay so hh patizel coming up with a plan to make some money yes do you need to do another yawn before i go on no, I'm sorry. I was up super early this morning. Went what is from super a daughter early? screaming, "Mommy, mommy!" She's so the cute, though. Six forty-five on a Saturday. When 
when I came over, she ran out the door and hugged me, and I picked her up, and we loved each other. She loves me more than you. Apparently. Apparently. Okay, so here we go. The creditors at this time wanted to have H.H. arrested. I would, too. And during this meeting that he had had with the group um, I mentioned at the end of the last episode, around somewhere around this time, he fled. He ran. He took his new fiance, Georgiana Yolk, York, York, and intended to travel to his new Texas property he acquired from, do you remember her name? Minnie? Mm-hmm. He wanted to sell it off, and he wanted to use that money to just go, get out of Dodge. Eventually, he would be arrested for insurance fraud. Ooh. Um, he, after his arrest, he was being held at Philadelphia's Myomensing Prison. And to answer any burning questions about what happened when H.H. Was, wanted to run off, he did, in fact, take off. He moved to Fort Worth, Texas, then to St. Louis, then to Philadelphia, which led him to being held there in prison. Joanna's wait, pointing the, like on a map. Tell me the year again. What? Uh, 18, are we in 18? We're in like the late 1800s, okay. like 1890s. Okay. And what got him finally in, arrested? Insurance fraud. This is what he did. He faked the death of his longtime friend, Ben Petizel, and tried to claim $10,000. The kicker here, though, is that Petizel was actually dead. Mm. Upon investigation by the insurance company, they discovered that this man was dead and his children were all, well, mostly missing. Being that HH had a habit of taking out insurance policies on friends and employees, he had already had one on Ben. Ben's death was staged as accidental, but any good detective could see right through it. Now I want to talk to you about a man named Detective Frank Geyer. The time is, here we go, June 1895. He was noted as being a top Philadelphia detective for 20 years. That's a long time. That is. Detective Geyer, at the time of our story, had recently and horrifically lost his wife, Martha, and 12-year-old daughter, Esther, in a house fire. Hmm. Fires were like... I feel like a big thing. Yeah. Because when was electricity in the homes? It was starting around this time. You had to be really wealthy, though. So I feel like there was like a lot of faulty wiring. I know, I know. And the houses were made of what, wood? Mm-hmm, and probably. it was like a scary thing. And having all the lanterns everywhere. Leaves. <sighs> Leaves? Palm fronds. Palm fronds. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> During this time as detective, he had investigated about 200 murders. Yikes! This man. He felt that murder to its core didn't dive into mysteries like in novels. He's like, there's no mystery to it. He thought of it as much more basic than that. He thought of murder as being done with the typical motives such as jealousy, money, or love. So we're talking about Detective Geyer for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. He was assigned a case. I feel like it's like a Scooby-Doo. He's assigned a case. (laughs) He was to investigate the missing children of the recently deceased Benjamin Petizel. Where did he start? Well, with interviewing one H.H. Holmes in his jail cell. Ooh. However, he got nowhere. H.H. told Detective Geyer, actually, that the last time he saw Ben and the kids, they were traveling with a woman. What woman? A woman named Minnie. <gasps> Shut up. He keeps using this name, Minnie Williams. Detective Geyer left that interview feeling like H.H. was a social chameleon. Ooh. Right? He had his number, and that's the perfect way to describe him. A social chameleon. If you ever meet anyone like that, they're dangerous. Here I want to read a quote that Detective Geyer said about H.H. as told in the book I mentioned in the last episode, which I got a lot of my research from, mm-hmm. Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. The quote is, quote, Holmes is, what? The quote is, quote. The quote is, quote. <laughs> Holmes is greatly given to lying with a sort of florid ornamentation. And all of his stories are decorated with flamboyant draperies intended by him to strengthen the plausibility of his statements. In talking, he has the appearance of candor, becomes pathetic at times when pathos will serve him best, uttering his words with a quaver in his voice, often accompanied accompanied by a moistened eye, <laughs> then, then turning quickly with a determined and forceful, forceful method of speech, as if indignation or resolution had sprung out of tender memories that had touched his heart. End quote. Really painted a picture. It painted. Detective Geyer should be an author. And this described him to a T. I believe it. He's a psychopath, a narcissist. We know this. The story of Holmes trying to fool the investigators when, before they arrested him for the insurance fraud and the speculation of Ben's death is awful. The real story of what actually happened. This man confessed 
not to killing Benjamin Patizel, but he confessed to fraud. Okay. H.H. confessed to faking a death for insurance. He came out and said he basically stole a cadaver and set it on fire when they brought in Ben's 15-year-old daughter because they did assume it was actually Ben who was killed. They didn't think it was a cadaver. She identified that it truly was her dad's body Mm. because of his teeth. But that didn't stop anything. H.H. was still able to convince them that Ben was still alive and this was a cadaver the whole time. He wouldn't admit to the murder. He admitted to faking a death and Ben got the insurance money. Arrest me, sure. Yes, I did this, but I didn't murder anyone. He got the 15-year-old Alice to travel with him. They went to St. Louis where the rest of the family lived and swindled his way into grabbing two more of the kids, saying that their dad was alive and he was helping him out by basically bringing him his babies. Basically, Ben was desperate to see his kids and H.H. was helping him. Mm. The kids he was able to take were Nellie, 11 years old, Howard, 8 years old, and Alice, 15 years old. Alice did write home to her mother, writing letters home during this time, who was very ill, which is why she wasn't traveling during all of this. The mother was? The mother, yep. The mother and wife. The letters are all about the adventure and Alice writing home to mom to see their dad because H.H. said, listen, the scam worked. He hadn't been arrested yet. Your dad wants to see you. They think he's dead. We're going to claim the insurance money. Let me take the kids to see their dad. Oh my gosh. Okay. He has Alice and Alice is writing home about the adventures. The depressing thing here, though, is those letters never reached their mother. They were retrieved in a tin box in H.H.'s possession when he was arrested. Hmm. So he was having these kids write letters to their mom for no reason. Well, there was a reason. Mm-hmm. What was it? Well, to just, I feel like, to make the children feel better, right? Feel better. Yeah, yes. other than trying to keep them calm, I assume. Six months later, and the mother thought her children were off visiting their dad in London this whole time. Oh, God. They thought he was alive. It Now it was coming to realize everything was all lies. Being that she never heard from them, she sought out police help. And this is what brought in Detective Geyer, what started the investigation, and what led to H.H. finally being arrested. I went a little back and forth on that one. I hope it all kind of plays out. June 26, 19, 18, Jesus, 1895, <laughs> Detective Geyer started, started his research for the missing children. That was kind of the initial... These kids are missing. Their dad was presumed dead. Mm -hmm. Where are the kids? The letters written by the children that were found in that tin box were the detective's clues. So he started where the letters started. He traveled to Cincinnati looking for them, searching hotels, searching train stations, nothing. When Geyer searched the guest log at a smaller hotel named the Atlantic House, he did find an entry. A man named Alex E. Cook had stayed there with three children for Mm. one night. Mm. (laughs) Later, Geyer followed the clues and letters to, next stop, Indianapolis. Mm. And he found there where they stayed next. Here he found they had stayed at a hotel with the children again for one night. How How did they do this back then? How'd they do what? Like find all these people and how long did it take for all this going hotel to hotel i'm saying it like hotel sorry (laughs) sorry ludicrous he yeah he had to physically go and he started getting help from local agencies and he Mm. had to go from place to place looking at guest logs trying to find anything so if he saw because what they would do at the hotel is they would write down who checked in Mm -hmm. how many people so if you have a man and three children and there's three missing children could okay. you do it? No. It sounds like so much it now. It sounds like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. This showed that Georgiana stayed four nights along with her husband, but at this hotel, there was no notice of children in sight. Hmm. No record of kids. What was happening here is that H.H. had the children at one hotel and his wife at another, and neither were the wiser of the other. It's weird. His wife had no idea. To her, they're traveling the country. Was she driving separately? The, separate train cars. They were on a train? Well, how did they travel here did you and say there? A train? I don't know. I didn't say train. I thought you would assume. <laughs> um, what happens when you assume? Yeah, yeah you make an yeah. ass out of you and Not me. me, though. He had his wife <laughs> traveling, staying in hotels in the same cities, and he had he and the children staying in different hotels. And he would go back and oh, forth. Oh, he's rich. Well, yeah. Next, he moved to? Detroit. Oh, what up? I know. 313. <laughs> Still on the hunt. And here is where Geyer realized something about HH. He realized that this was all a game. 
the going from uh, city to city, the traveling with the kids, partly traveling with his wife. Why was he doing this? Where was he? What was his intention? Mm. He has moved his wife and the children without any of them knowing about each other to different cities and hotels. But here in Detroit, according to records, the children's mother, Carrie, was also there, three blocks away from her kids, never knowing they were there. And in one of the never mailed letters, it was revealed that one of the children, Howard, was quoted as saying, Howard is not with us now. Little Howard. Hmm. So Carrie never read these emails. Emails. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie never read these letters. But the detective is seeing, okay, what happened? The kids are traveling. What happened to Howard? Next on this adventure of fuckery, Geyer traveled to Toronto and found all the same things. The whole convoy put up in a different place. And at this point, the story had gone viral. No, that's not true. Yes, it did. It's not viral. You know what I mean. Like a real-life Sherlock Holmes. But Holmes, but H.H. Holmes was all games. It became a wild goose chase. Mm. Now, again, Detective Geyer is in, quote-unquote, present day. H.H. is in jail. He's following these clues, he's following these letters, and he's realizing these things that happened. Is it making sense? No. <laughs> I. It is so, so it's almost like a split screen I want you to picture. Like he's just like researching the past. Someone needs to make a movie of this so that it's Molly been and done. I can watch it. What? So Molly, you can watch it. It's been done, but I haven't found one that I really like. I meant like one, just one movie where there's like um, Josh Dumel plays. Josh Dumel. I do like a Josh Dumel. Me too. So Toronto is where the discovery of the missing children came to an end. Geyer was able to track down a house that Holmes had rented for he and the children. He discovered that this beautiful home in a lovely neighborhood Mm. had a secret in the cellar. I don't like this. After interviewing the neighbor, the neighbor had said that the man in the photograph that Geyer was toting around, H.H. Holmes, was so friendly. One day he even asked to borrow a shovel. Oh, (laughs) Saying he wanted to bury potatoes in the cellar for storage of the home he rented. Geyer knew this was bullshit. Yeah. He knew it when he was talking with the neighbor. Detective Geyer borrowed the same shovel from the same neighbor and went right into that cellar and started digging. Because he had a feeling. And three feet down, he discovered bones. Mm. Here, they found the body of Alice laying on her side. And Nellie laying face down with her feet amputated. <gasps> Why? They were both nude. It was thought that since Nellie was club-footed, this would be a way to figure out and identify the body. So it is speculated that H.H. decapitated her. Decapitated? No. Dismembered? Yes. Cut off her yes. feet? And removed them for that reason. All this time, H.H. is in prison at Mayo Mensing Prison for Fraud. He had said that it was humiliating to be incarcerated Mm. how dare they this is so awful it's so embarrassing how dare you put me in jail for fraud i told you benjamin patizzo's alive it was a cadaver his kids are with him they're off and well all the while he's killed three children now yeah and uh three and detective guyer is figuring it all out While there, Holmes read in the paper that Detective Geyer was searching for the missing Patizel children. That's how he learned about it. And how did this make this epic narcissist feel? Delighted inside. Stop. Hmm. He loved the attention and he loved knowing that no matter what, Geyer wasn't going to be able to find those kids. He did though, didn't he? Yeah, but he didn't know that. Oh. During this time, Holmes took it upon himself to, to pen a memoir. I have not read this memoir. I don't want to. It is noted that while many things in the memoir are factual, like dates and locations and where he was brought up, the truth is that his words of an idyllic childhood are all crap. Mm-hmm. He speaks of having like this beautiful upbringing. It's it's not. It's a lie. He wrote about his days in prison, his sadness at losing his wife, Georgiana, because he was now in prison. And he even wrote a letter to Carrie... Patizel him like herself, the wife of his missing friend, confirming that her children, Nellie, Alice, and Howard, are in London. They're there. They're with and you know who's taking care of them? A Miss W. Just he take re- the letter, Eeny Meeny Miny Moe. Oh, I'm sorry, Eeny Mini Miny Moe. Oh, <laughs> because that's who he was claiming was with her kids uh. the whole time. He wrote to her that he watched over them like they were his own. 
bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. He then says this to her, which I will read directly from his memoir. Can't wait. Quote. I'm going to read a quote. Quote. Quote, quote. As of the children, I will never believe. I feel like I have to say it in like a voice. Sure. As for the children, I will never believe until you tell me so yourself that you think that they are dead or that I did anything to put them out of this way, out of the way. Knowing me as you do, can you imagine me killing little and innocent children, especially without any motive? End quote. Who was he sending this to? Carrie Petizel, the mother. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carrie Petizel learned her children were found dead by reading it in uh, the paper while visiting friends in Chicago. So terrible. As messed up as that is, it is reported that Detective Geyer did try contacting her at her house by telegraph, but she was out of town. Mm, so I can't. Yeah. It's not like now where, and this does still happen, where people learn about their loved ones from the news or the newspaper or online and the detectives never tried reaching out he did try reaching out so we have to give him that in those days it is what it is i know she did make her way to toronto unfortunately to identify her girls Mm -hmm. she had to and it was horrific for her as you can imagine her son at this point was still missing the girls had when she went to you know identify her daughters the girls had no evidence of physical violence against them on their bodies Mm -hmm. so it was thought that after some investigation that this is what they concluded that he locked them in a trunk and gassed them in there which is torturous enough yeah but there's no evidence that he beat them or you know like that but it's still it's still oh it's awful inhumane way to die i mean i can't like if you're trying to breathe and you're just breathing in a gas and you're like oh don't breathe but then you're gonna die regardless i know at this point, they still don't know where Howard is, where it, his body is, where he is. There was that ominous note about that they found um, Alice writing, he's not with us right now, that she had written in a letter, like that one line that she thought she was writing to her mother. But they didn't exactly know what that meant yet. Eventually, Geyer did track down little Howard's body. Mm-hmm. He was found in a house Holmes had rented. His body was found stuffed in the chimney. Oh, this oh. is just it, like it's, if, if you wouldn't have told me this story before i had been like no this is all made up this is a movie right yeah. holmes had tried burning howard's body but many things still remained in the chimney and his poor mother carrie was able to identify him by the items that were left behind as being howard's <sighs> so that's kind of where we are now i want to tell you what actually happened the facts from when HH took off, if it's so confusing, listen, listen. I was in the HH realm for so long that like rabbit hole. Oh, I did, and so I'm trying. I think this, yeah, <laughs> I, like I'm trying to put it all out there. You think what? Go ahead. Well, there's just so much information that mm-hmm. is, you want to get it all out there. I want to give it to you good. Give it to me good, girl. I don't want to... I'm giving it to you a little messy, but I'm about to tie it up for you. Okay. I'm, it's, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now I've told you from Detective Geyer's perspective. Yes. Right? Yes. You know HH is in jail? Yes. Here's what really happened from HH's perspective. His friendship with Petizel was dwindling because, as I said, Ben needed more money, and he knew more about the fraud, about HH's scams than anyone did. So he was kind of like... You got to give him what he wants, right? Petizel struggled with addiction. And HH, the point, the reason I say that is HH worried that his drinking was becoming a liability. It makes sense. Joanna's nodding her head. Yeah. So in his eyes, he needed to take care of this because his friend was going off the rails. He was going to spill, like spill the tea. He decided, Holmes decided to murder his friend and mm. frame the murder as a scam. He told him, HH told Ben that he would get him more money but needed his help. They decided together to take out a large insurance policy on Ben and make his wife carry the beneficiary, basically staging his death using a cadaver. Then Carrie Petizel would get the funds and Mm -hmm. they would split the cash at the end and go their separate ways. And this was their plan. Yeah. Okay. Now it's all going to kind of, it's going to kind of come together for you. Yeah. I'm trying to put it, it's like a, like a, a high school like presentation. What? Jake, you've got to be kidding me. Jake, just let's let's stage a plan. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Jake, (laughs) I just took insurance out here. Stop dropping stuff in the background. (laughs) 
in November, so going back of 1894, they set out on their trip running away, basically, Holmes and Petizo, while committing petty crimes along the way. They traveled to Philadelphia where they would commit their scams. So once arriving in Philly, they set up an office, rented an apartment, and created aliases right away. Both Ben and A.G. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. And they lived like this for about a month. One day, a client for their new business they created, setting up patents for inventors, because 1800s, Back then, came, yeah. By, yeah, came by the office for an appointment. He started walking around because nobody was around, and he had an appointment. He's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, where are you? So he's walking around the property and found a dead body whose face was burnt beyond recognition. This customer. Customer? Client? Mm-hmm. Like bodies are just laying around the city? This man was determined to be Petizel, who this client was supposed to have a meeting with. It was, in fact, it was their office that they set up in the place that they rented. So the police assumed, oh, shit, that's Ben Petizel, you know, like running this business. That's his body. His cause of, of death was thought to be of a chemical explosion in their home slash office from mixing flammable chemicals together. I mean, who doesn't? Why were they... <laughs> Why were they mixing these things? <laughs> but detectives knew something was off. What was off, you might ask? Mm. Large amounts of chloroform were found inside this man's stomach during his autopsy. In the stomach? Mm-hmm. I thought you just over your mouth. Exactly. You just cut like a rag soaked with yeah. chloroform, right? You don't need no, a lot. It was found in his stomach. So they sat there thinking that he would have had to drink the chloroform to die from it and for it to be found in his stomach, like commit suicide, right? Yeah, yeah. But if he committed suicide, how did he die from a chemical explosion and have his face blown off? Because the chloroform would just, poof, you're done. You, there's no time. Maybe he thought the chloroform was vodka. <laughs> I mean... Mm, and just straight up, like, was chugging. It, 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 is that what you would do? If I put a clear glass next to If I was an alcoholic, to- <laughs> maybe... That's a good point. So they're thinking there's no way you could drink chloroform, drink it, and then mix chemicals and have an explosion. There's no time for you to go from A to B. Yeah, this so how did both happen? Yeah, how did he die? Isn't chloroform like instant? Right. Instant. Right. Exactly. It didn't add up. But in the end, it was ruled an accidental death. Of course. Where was HH at the time of this client finding Petizel's body? Well, he had already left Philadelphia and was temporarily back in Chicago. He had to make sure his plan was going well on that end with Carrie. So he just, poop went back to Chicago. Back in Chicago, he went to Mrs. Petizel to share the entire scam with her, ensuring her that the body was that was found was a cadaver. Like, it worked. Carrie, it worked. We got this. But it was really him. But it was really <sighs> him. He was con- convincing her. He was convincing her. That her husband was alive and well, living in hiding. She didn't have any reason to think otherwise. Yeah. There was no, like, call you on the phone, check your location. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? She didn't have any reason. So she approved that Holmes take her 15-year-old daughter, Alice, to Philadelphia to identify the body per the police's request. Oh, yes. Okay? And that was that. Case closed. Carrie Petizel got the insurance money, and they needed to split it, and then it'd be over. That was it. Tricky, tricky, though, because HH had no intentions of splitting any money. And it was, in fact, his friend, Ben, that was dead. She thought it was a cadaver. So here's how he tried to complete this plan. He had Alice with him, but instead of sending her back home to her mother, he put her up in a hotel in Indianapolis, promising he'd bring the family to her 15-year-old Alice. And when he was in Chicago, he convinced Carrie that Alice and Ben were together waiting for Carrie and the rest rest of the family and that they needed to lay low for a while because there may be an investigation going on so mom Carrie it's it's okay so she agreed and per HH's request sent the other two children along with him to go with Alice and dad in Indianapolis what a psycho what a psycho and that mom would come later Now, I read about her having health issues as well, which is why she, or having a baby, which is why she let him take the kids, and she didn't immediately go. This is when all the traveling started to happen. He was trying to buy time and convince her, eventually, that he needed all the money. They would write letters, and she would travel to where he was with the kids. Carrie would eventually start traveling out there. 
but he would never let them reunite. Mm. Throughout his whirlwind, this whirlwind, he would constantly ask Carrie for money. Why? Because he needed it because he was taking care of her kids. Dick. (sighs) This is how, so he's slowly getting more and more money of the insurance money from her. He needs it for the kids. While Carrie Petizel thought she was sending money for her children, H.H. was murdering her children and keeping the money for himself. Over time, with her kids missing, and remember how I mentioned before in the kind of earlier that he had his wife traveling, he had the kids traveling, he had Carrie traveling. None of them knew about each other. Over time, with her kids missing and no word from them or her husband, along with a supposed former prisoner who allegedly H.H. confided his plan to, a formal investigation was started in search of the children and in search of Ben Petizel, bringing us up to speed of where we are now. Okay? Yes. Is it clicking a little uh, bit? Yeah. Is my high school presentation yes. starting to, to come together? Everyone's just sitting there like, huh? Everyone's oh. sitting there like, wait a second, I need a, one of those like board poster boards with the mm. red yarn to map this all together. <laughs> Sorry, guys. He's connected to her and she's connected to him. <laughs> and location, location, location. <laughs> Holmes learned the bodies were found eventually. Good. Um, from the paper. That's how he found out. So he wrote his, when he was writing his memoir, he wrote how it must have been Minnie all along who did this. This He was throwing fucking Minnie under the bus left and right after he killed her. And he went to work trying to get his memoir published. He wanted it out there right away so people could see his side of the story. Like he wanted a publisher to pick it up, put it out, and feel bad for me. People also say for people, that's what a narcissist does. Exactly. It did, in fact, get published. It, yeah, but by that time, his reputation was tarnished. Good. And there was, yeah, there was too much evidence against him. So on July 19th, Chicago detectives began searching to help Geyer. The Geyer found the bodies. We got to search his, we got to search this murder castle. So on July 19th, the searching began. They were just looking for clues, anything they could find. Here are some of the details they discovered about the hotel. Okay. There were, they discovered the airtight rooms with no windows, which creeps me out. Yeah. They found the large kiln in the, ba- kiln in the basement. One room had a walk-in vault with iron walls and ga- a gas jet that was used to admit gas into the vault with a cutoff valve being located. They tracked it back to Holmes's private apartment. They found a dissection table stained with dried blood and surgical tools. And here are the more gruesome things they found. A vat of acid with eight ribs and part of a skull. Holy crap. Mounds of quicklime, charred black heels, like heels of shoes. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Not like heels of a foot. 18 ribs from the torso of a child. Hmm. Several vertebrae. A bone from a foot. One shoulder blade, one hip socket, tons of clothing. Do you need a break? No. <laughs> they found human hair clogged in a stovepipe, two buried vaults of quicklime and human remains, a watch chain that was found to have belonged to Minnie. Mm, poor Minnie. And he, in all the while, he's in prison. Yeah, when they're doing these investigations, he's locked up. Okay. This all continued to blow up in the newspapers. It was, it was viral. And then on August 19th, so that was July, now August, a month later, the murder castle had burned to the ground. On purpose? Even though arson was suspected, they never found out how or why. Because it would be kind of cool. I know this may be kind of a sinister thing to say, (laughs) but it'd be cool if it was like kept and they used it as a haunted house like around October. Like all the places now that we should travel to? Yes. There's so many. There's a place in Philadelphia that's like an insane asylum. A sane insane asylum? asylum? A former it? insane asylum? Or might have I just like a hot, what, what is it when they're maximum security, like yeah. solitary? Oh. Like they kept that and there is a, like, you can do tours. A lot of these places are um, like not Airbnbs, B&Bs. <laughs> <Do> you imagine? <laughs> Bed and breakfast. <laughs> we need to go to Key West together, you and I, because there's some stories there. That one story you told me, The Corpse Bride. The yes. Corpse Bride? It was, yeah, the episode called The Corpse Bride, yes, takes place there. <laughs> We're going to figure this out. All right, next month, September 12th, 1895, Holmes was indicted for the murder of Benjamin Petizel, even though, funnily enough, 
he's funnily enough it is a word funnily yeah i've never used funnily enough okay I believe you. HH still. You just tr- hit ignore. Yeah, ignore. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's a word. You're a oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, you're so funny. Even though he was indicted for the murder, he still tried blaming many. Then later, he was indicted for the murders of Howard, Alice, and Nellie. They couldn't get him on all the other stuff. I mean, they already had him, yeah. and they could get him for this. So it's like. The, yeah. the judicial system's weird. During the trial for murder for the blue blue, during the trial for the murder of Petzel in October of eight, of ninety five, his wife Carrie took the stand. Oh, she's she wasn't dead. I don't know why. I thought, no, like, no, no. He was gonna kill her. No, he couldn't. Reason. He tried. He wanted to. Okay. But it it all happened too fast. Okay. Oh, she reportedly wore a black dress, a black hat, and a black cape. She would often pause in the middle of speaking and just put her head in her hands. I mean, she played it. If it, I mean, but yeah, good for her. Good for her, and she was. It was probably so hard. She was shown the never mailed letters from her children on the stand, and they were read aloud in the courtroom. Stop. That would make me cry. That would, I mean, full fit. When asked if she had seen her children since they left in 1894, you know what she said? She said, "In Toronto at the morgue." Oh. Oh. Come on. <laughs> It's just awful. And the whole time it was said that home showed zero emotion of in the course. courtroom. That's what they do. That's what they do. His current wife, Georgiana Yoke, also took the stand. Yes. She did. Funnily enough. I hate you. It was until it wasn't until his arrest that she learned his even real name because he was giving her aliases, oh, the aliases the whole time. Yes. Yeah. He used so many, it was impossible to keep track. Holmes was found guilty of murder and sentenced to hang to death death i was gonna say to death you know who else is gonna hang to death your husband for making all this noise That's out the dog, there i think oh is it birdie i think it's bird dog birdie. we love birdie she's she a sweet little girl tried to attack me not when little I came in the she's house. big no she's like a horse holmes was found guilty sentenced to hang and he did write a confession letter after this okay you know what happened to it burned it got buried oh whatever nobody cared he admitted to killing 27 <gasps> people but much of what he wrote was a sprinkling of truth and lies. 27? It was bullshit, Joanna. Like, some of the people he said he killed were still alive. Oh, so, gosh. I know. I mean, Could what... you imagine, like, oh, by the way, you've been murdered uh, right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joanna, um, I've, I mean, you're, Joanna, you're alive? Yeah. yeah I'm right here. Did you do, ever know Do you want to see my paper ID? <laughs> yeah, my paper ID. We do know he killed nine for sure. Mm-hmm. Julia and her daughter Pearl Connor, Emmeline Sagran, two sisters with the last name Williams, and Petizel and his three children. It could have mm-hmm. been one of the bones that was found. Did they ever find out, like, the bones? It was believed that the child's bones belonged to Pearl. The child, I know, uh, Julia's daughter. The true number of how many people he killed is unknown. It was also determined that he had not that if he had not been caught, he would have killed Carrie. Like, that's yeah. done it. We already said Good that. Good for her. Because he had her traveling along. I know. He had her traveling along with this convoy. May 7th, 1896, days before his 35th birthday. Because he was young this whole time. 35? The- yes! He holy crap. Holmes enjoyed a breakfast of boiled eggs, dry toast, and coffee. And then he led out to the gallows, had a noose tied around his neck, and said to the man doing this, take your time, old man. Oh, oh. <sighs> Let's insult the man that's about to kill me. And at 10.13 a.m., he was hanged. His body was buried in cement, his wishes, because he didn't want his remains messed with by science, and he didn't want his brain studied. I mean, would they have to honor that back then? Like, I mean, They did, yeah. And he is buried in an unmarked grave in Holy Cross Cemetery. I'm going to end with a quote by Holmes himself. Can't wait. Quote, <laughs> I can't stop saying it now. I was, this is what he said. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world. And he has been with me since. End quote. Okay. So I he mean, is justifying why he was a murderer. I don't. Basically. Yeah. He's like. Like, I'm just, I was born this way. Yeah, like, it's not his fault or something, you know? I don't know. It's, I guess that's what they do. It is. I don't even know how to stop at that point. 
It was it was a good series. I'd call it a series. A mini series. Yeah, I liked it. I like saying mini series because it reminds me of Lifetime. When we finished the the first episode, you're like, oh, there's two more. I was kind of be like, ugh. <laughs> it's but been it's been so very long. interesting. Did my high school presentation wrap up okay at the end? But, but I would give it like mm, a 95. A 95? Yeah. Because there's still some questions and just, it's just, it's a strange story. It's a strange story. You know how in high school, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but the teacher would give you a grade, but then they'd also let your peers grade you. <laughs> peers? <laughs> what are you grading they, me? All hundreds. <laughs> I know. It's whatever. Okay. I don't know. So we, I need to end this on a lighter note. Well, let me just tell you your cuss count, which was very low. What? It was only 11. That's, I feel like that's an average. No. <laughs> an average is over 20. Mm-mm. But you started off really low and then you dropped like three major cusses in a row. If I know, I something about it. If I know there's kids in the house, even though they're on the other side of the house, I something about it stops me. Hopefully I think that's she's it. Napping. Hopefully she's napping. We'll Good find Lord. out soon. My little buddy so we can have more playtime. Do you want to share the good news and what's going to happen in, like, the next episode, maybe? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. Let me readjust. What is the exciting announcement for our next episode? We have two very special guests. Uh, Intern Amy makes her debut and our good friend Molly. I know. I'm so excited. So we got together and recorded uh, a little campfire stories. Yes. It was so exciting. Is a Well, we recorded already, but it's coming out in a couple days on Halloween. Yes. It's our bonus episode, right? Yes. So I'm super excited. So tune in. Check out Intern Amy herself. Check out Molly herself. Yeah. You're going to love it. Well, I I thought you were going to tell them that I'm going to do an episode. Oh, yes. Yes. I have a story. I've already. It was funny because I found the story when I was researching the stories for our campfire. And I was like, ooh. Ooh. And you found something. Don't tell me what it is. No clues. So episode 21 will be a Joanna episode. Oh. <laughs> you said it, so it's happening. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Are you HH's relative? <laughs> His descendant. Are you going to kill me? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, Jake, on the other hand, if he keeps making noise when we record, <laughs> <laughs> what's his insurance policy? It's pretty good, actually. We can split it. <laughs> okay. Kidding. And then I'm just going to ask you for the money. On that note, we're not going to do it because we live, we laugh. But we do not. We never. Murder. Never. Jake, you're safe. You can find us on Instagram. And... <laughs> <laughs> you Let Murder like Podcast. The, you sound like a nighttime talk show. You can find us on Instagram. This is not ASMR. And you can find and you can email us at livelaughmurderpod at gmail.com. Just look at how low it's that so is. Close. I know. I know. It's so bad. Okay, bye. All right. Let's go well, get some sushi. Let's go get some sushi. Love you guys. Bye. hear what you have to say listen i was on instagram and i was i was watching these guys and they were asking each other like the most ridiculous questions so i thought that'd be a nice way to kind of get in a better mood from talking about this psychopath i'm always in a good mood i had it's hard to pick one (laughs) it's hard to pick one question okay let's see they're really dumb just go just pick one and see what you think all right when you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I do that actually every day. I'm not going to lie. What comes first? The peanut butter. The peanut butter or the jelly? Peanut butter. Do you peanut butter both pieces of bread? No. <laughs> and then you put the jelly in the middle. No. <laughs> Who does that? Because then it gets soggy. Who does that? I do, do that. You... Okay, but are you eating the sandwich later or are you eating it right there? It doesn't matter. I still so do it. Does. No. Yes. I put peanut butter, a thin layer on one piece of bread, a thin layer on the other, and then the jelly in the middle. That's weird. I've never seen a single or heard of a single person that's ever done that. All right. Well, now you know.